When Anna was in grade eight, she was worried about getting older. So she wrote about it in her diary. Dear diary, grade eight is fine. Nothing new, big, or exciting has happened. I'm still trying to get used to the fact that I'm in grade eight, though. I feel like my whole life is slipping away right before my eyes, and there's nothing I can do about it. Sometimes I just want to stop time and not get any older. Like, I no longer have a childhood. Soon I'll be a teenager, and then a young adult, and then an adult, and finally a senior citizen. <laughs> P.S. People are always saying that your teen years are the best years of your life. Well, what's so f***ing great about them anyway? So far, they suck. That's Anna grappling with the harsh reality of growing up. I'm Dan Meisner, and this, this is Grown Ups Read Things They Wrote as Kids. This is a show where we go back in time to remember the good, the bad, and the awkward parts of growing up. This time, our show was recorded live at the Hot Docs Podcast Festival in Toronto. And the really cool thing about this show is that a bunch of our readers... Our fellow podcasters. We're going to hear the story of a urine-soaked fight with Dracula, some extremely dark teenage poetry, an epic high school valedictory address, and much more. This stuff is weird, it is wonderful, and like the experience of being a teenager itself, this stuff sometimes only makes sense in retrospect. So think about who you were when you were a kid and stick around. Our next reader, Ryan, grew up in northwestern Ontario, and in his final year of high school, Ryan was chosen by his peers to be the valedictorian of their graduating class. At our Toronto show, more than two decades after he first wrote and delivered it, Ryan shared the speech he gave on graduation day to the class of 96. Hi. I want you to all know that I hate you for selecting me the class valedictorian... (laughs) I'm not even popular. (laughs) This is probably one of the hardest things I've ever had to prepare myself for in my life. And here we are, in the arena. (laughs) Some of us have scored goals here. (laughs) Now we're all scoring a diploma. Now, I'm not up here to blow you all away with big words or fancy sentences, mostly because of two reasons. I don't know any big words. (laughs) If I were sitting out there, I think I'd find it rather boring. So anyways, let me welcome parents, brothers, sisters, grandparents, uncles, aunts, teachers, dogs, and whoever else is out there tonight, welcome to the biggest night of our lives. (laughs) I have to ask you a small favor. Please do not talk while I am talking. (laughs) Don't move or squeak any chairs because I am stressed out. I'm... (laughs) I am nervous, I am lightheaded, and I have to go piss. All of this and I got to remember this speech. Well, here we are four long years later. 
Let's give ourselves a big round of applause for being here tonight. I, I asked you to be quiet. I hope you studied better than you listened to me. Because if not, you're in serious trouble in the future. Oh, there's that word, the F word. Future. I'm sorry, I promise I won't say it again because for some of us, the future is scary. For others, the past even scarier. Do you remember the night before the first day of high school, you're talking on the phone with all your friends about what each other is going to wear, and that was always the dumbest question? I mean, your parents spent hundreds of dollars on you for school clothes, and the night before the first day of high school, they're all garbage. I mean, what, you went to Thunder Bay to the mall? Now picture this, close your eyes, and I mean close them. <laughs> You're struggling to open your locker. You're trying not to drop the four binders, the 12,000 sheets of paper mom gave you, the 38 pens and pencils mom gave you, and the whole time, the five biggest ninth graders in Westfort, the name of the school, are teasing the heck out of you for driving to school in a 30-foot-long brown extended cab long box Chevy. The warning bell goes, and that was the longest class of your life, 76 minutes. How did we do it? But we did it, didn't we? And then it says, pause for applause. Yeah. Grade 10 and 11 are a breeze, and suddenly you find yourself here in this place. Grade 12, it's come and gone so quickly. That is why now... High school is slowly turning into a memory. This is where I get deep. Um, we must look ahead to the future. It's time, people. It's time to set goals. It's time to start telling your girlfriends and boyfriends that you can't go out the night of the big test. Oh. Everything you do from here on in counts for something. You can't moose hunt for a living. <laughs> we can now say we have our grade 12 diplomas, but that doesn't mean much if you don't put all those years of schooling <laughs> that we have compiled to use. We got to reach for the stars, and they're far away. <laughs> oh, there's going to be challenges, let me tell you. But you gotta meet those challenges. Don't give up if something doesn't go your way. You work and you work and you work. We've gone to school for 14 years. Let's not throw those 14 years away. We all have a brain. Whether we use it or not is completely up to us. We gotta meet the challenge of surviving in this world and you gotta change to accomplish this. That Pretty much sums up my valedictory address. Before I leave you tonight, I want to read you a poem. It's called Always Friends. Always Friends. We have been friends forever, and we will always be. 
I will never forget you. Please don't forget me. We will all someday be apart and even say goodbye. But we will always be underneath the same blue sky. <laughs> goodbye is not forever. It's only for a while. Our friendship can't be destroyed, not even by a thousand miles. Good night. It says walk away. <laughs> Hats off to the class of 96. Thank you very much. Ryan, ladies and gentlemen, very nicely done. And though it was very sweet towards the end, I don't think I have ever heard a valedictory address that was quite so aggressive towards the graduating class. It probably won't come as a surprise to learn that Ryan grew up to be a comedian and a podcaster. You can hear his show, Red Man Laughing, on the Indian and Cowboy Podcast Network. There is a link in the episode notes to this show. You can thank me later. Growing up means figuring things out, asking questions, getting answers, and trying to understand the world around you. But the thing is, sometimes it's a lot more fun to just make up the answers for yourself. And our next reader is a great example of that. When Anna was 10, she wrote a short story explaining how and why the dinosaurs disappeared. And she called it... The Dinosaurs' Story About How They Disappeared. There are many stories about how the dinosaurs disappeared, but only one is true. My story is that one. <laughs> I am Tyrannosaurus, one of the only living dinosaurs on Earth. There might be some on Jupiter, but who cares about Jupiter? There are four other living dinosaurs. Their names are Pterodactyl, Brentosaurus, Hyplodocus, and Megasaurus. Terry gets stuck in trees very easily. No one knows how, she just does. Brent tries to get her down, but he gets his tail stuck. Hyplodocus and Megasaurus think they're so cool. They even started a rock band called the Kings of Rock and Roll before Elvis. You are probably wondering how they know about Elvis. Who knows how, but they see into the future. <laughs> but enough of that. You're just getting impatient. Well, so am I. I want to tell you the story. So let's just get on with it. It started like this. All us dinosaurs were just doing our own thing. Eating, walking, swimming, growling, fighting, killing. Oops, sorry, I didn't mean to get gory. <laughs> Anyhow, we saw something zooming downward... It was what you probably call a UFT, unidentified flying thingamajig, right? Well, anyways, I was one of the growlers, so when I opened my mouth to roar again, one UFT zoomed into my stomach. It tasted like rotten applesauce mixed with smelly gym clothes and five-week-old burgers from McDonald's. Blah. The UFTs filled the sky. There was a flash of light, then millions of aliens from the planet, please bear with me, this is hard, 
Gyazabornectranilabernaldornamasolanoquem. We're everywhere. We weren't taken because we ate them. Terry didn't, though. She was stuck in a tree again. There are still other dinosaurs still. What happened to them? That's something else. Lizard of the sun came down from the sun. Lizard of ice came down from the moon. Sun lizard and ice lizard are other names for them. So, as I was saying, sun lizard melts you and ice lizard freezes you. What we did was splash warm water on them, which is something they both hate. But the lizards has taken care of the others. So that's the story. P.S. If you believe this story, you've had a brain transfer. (laughs) P.P.S. If you don't believe this story, who really cares? Thank you. So there's this website called futureme.org, and basically it lets you write a message to your future self. You type in the message and your email address, and then you pick how far into the future you want to send your message. And then in a year or five or ten, when that date rolls around, it emails you. When our next reader, Efi, was 22, she used futureme.org to send a private letter to her 30-year-old self. And at our Toronto show... She read that letter out loud. Please welcome Efi to our stage. A quick heads up, Efi uses a cuss word in her letter, which we do not bleep. Dear future me, love, love, love this idea. (laughs) Hope I'll still love it when I actually receive it and won't wallow in a pit of depression. Note to future self, do not let this email send you into a pit of depression. (laughs) Happy birthday, the big 3-0. Currently, I don't think this will freak me out too much. A lot of people say their 20s are about being confused, finding themselves, self-doubt, ETC. I really hope I have more direction in my life by this point. 30s, bring it on. As I write this, I'm feeling okay. Thanks to group meetings, I've been good the last two months. I'm not stepping on a scale, and no real plans to step on one anytime soon. Did you ever achieve your goal weight? Did that make you happy? Do you even care about weight anymore? I hope to God not. I really hope you didn't have long periods stuck in that endless cycle. Nothing, nothing is worth that. I'm feeling really nervous about the poetry slam next week. I'm scared to call myself a poet, scared to compete against actual poets, scared that I'm not good enough. I have a feeling that this experience will be awesome for me. Was it? And now some housekeeping items. (laughs) Please, 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 please tell me I've had a boyfriend or two. 
I mean, come on. At least, at least gave away that first kiss. And hopefully not to some random person in a fit of desperation and impatience. Uh, I hope my heart has been used. And not used in a negative sense, but has been tested. I hope I've known the fluttering nervousness and racing heartbeat of liking someone and being vulnerable, scared, and excited. And I hope I've known the comfort of someone liking me, dare I say loving me. And if none of this has happened, I hope I am happy with the way that has turned out. Not bitter and overanalyzing my every personality trait, looking for where I went wrong. A not-so-secret part of me feels that that is inevitable. Career. I hate my job. In the name of all things holy, tell me you're happy with your career. Tell me you took a risk, you left Calgary and experienced something else. Tell me you don't hate waking up every morning and you don't dread going to work, that you don't spend the bulk of your day reading blogs, messaging friends, and wishing you were anywhere else. I feel like the time I've wasted doing that has been too much already. Dear future me, please, please, please tell me this isn't the case, and if it is, walk into work tomorrow and quit. <laughs> Currently, I'm back to playing with the thought of law school, but it's Tuesday, shit could change tomorrow. <laughs> Family. Chidi, my older sister, is currently dating X. Future me, tell me that they're not still together, ugh. <laughs> Try to be there for her because I fear he will cause her a lot of future heartbreak. Um, they're real divorced. Um, <laughs> um, Chisom should be a full-fledged dietitian by the time you receive this. She will be as awesome then as she is now. Um, that's my younger sister. Okena, my older brother. I hope our relationship has improved. Actually, if we have a relationship, that alone will be an improvement. Uh, Mom and Dad, I hope you are retired and happy, and I hope none of us have had to endure any medical challenges. Ify, here are some things about you that I hope never change. I hope you still enjoy to read and write. I hope you still love music and have attended many live shows. I hope you still watch cartoons. I hope you love laughter and have a life filled with fun moments. I hope you have wonderful friends that are always there for you. I hope you cry more tears of happiness than sorrow. I hope you're happy with your life, and if not perfectly happy, I will settle for content. If there's anything you're not happy about, change it. We have wasted too many years wishing things were different. The time for action is now. I am learning to love me, and I have a feeling I will really love you. And then I wrote, pause for a moment of reflection for the person I was when I wrote this. <laughs> I hope I did everything necessary to make sure you are living out our dreams. Ify, thank you. When I wrote it at the time, I just remember feeling very desperate, just wanting to believe that in the future something would be different because I just was so frustrated with some of the cycles that I was caught up in. So yeah, at the time that I wrote it, I was just 
so desperate and ready for something to be different. Um, I think 22-year-old me, uh, she'd be so proud. She'd be so proud that um, I left Calgary um, to chase something that I've always wanted to do. I did stand-up comedy successfully. I wrote for a television show. I host a, a radio show. 22-year-old me would be so amazed. And she would meet 32-year-old me and be like, why aren't you happier? <laughs> I think 22-year-old me would probably be disappointed by a lot of things. But I hope she would be encouraged by the fact that all those things that I really, really feared didn't break me and, and maybe don't matter as much as they once did. And uh, I think overall, she'd be real proud and would be wanting 32-year-old me to be a lot happier. Okay, thanks. who we just heard from, is the co-host of Now or Never, a show from CBC Radio. There's a link in the episode notes. And at our Hot Docs Podcast Festival show, not only did we hear from one Now or Never co-host, we got to hear from both. When Trevor was in third grade, he wrote a short piece of Halloween fiction that involves trick-or-treating, a haunted house, and an encounter with Dracula. Live on stage in Toronto, here's Trevor. One day when I was walking home after I was finished trick-or-treating, I saw a spooky house that I missed. I decided to go and trick-or-treat at the spooky house. While I was skipping to the spooky house, I saw something go by the window. The window was all battered up and the stairs looked like they weren't stable enough for a person to walk on, but I kept on walking toward the spooky house because I'm super brave. I was a little terrified, but I didn't pee myself. (laughs) I started to walk up the stairs when one of them just broke. I jumped off the stair quickly because I have really great legs. (laughs) Then I was just about to knock on the door when all of a sudden it opened all by itself. I know. (laughs) Stay with me. Right behind the door was a box filled with candy. I ran to it and started to just put it in my bag. And just then, the door shut and it locked from the outside. I was trapped. I peed a little. (laughs) I don't even know. (laughs) Then I remembered about the candy. I started to pig out. When I was done, I took a nap. (laughs) When I woke up, I was face to face with Dracula. (laughs) I was so frightened that I was scared stiffer. (laughs) Just then, a rock fell on my knee and my reflexes went off and I just kicked Dracula in the face. (laughs) 
twice. <laughs> then two ghosts came and put me in the dungeon. And they left, they left one ghost to stay behind and guard me. Just then, I remember about the flashlight in my pocket that my dad gave me. So I pulled it out of my pocket and I shined it at the ghost and I looked them right in the eye and I said, I'm not afraid of no ghosts. <laughs> they peed everywhere. <laughs> Weird pee fascination. <laughs> I took the keys that he was holding and I unlocked the door and I ran up all 100,000 stairs. I ran out the door, and just then I remembered that I had 20 matches in my pocket. So I lit all of them, and I threw them at the house. The whole house went up in flames, and I just laughed. <laughs> the next day, my mom asked why I smelled like smoke. I just smiled. Then I went to go eat my candy and swim in the pool. Later on, I'll pick up a new set of matches. It's interesting that Trevor's mom asked him why he smelled like smoke, but not why he smelled like urine. <laughs> journal our next reader Brittany had a live journal she kept it when she was a teenager and we're going to hear a handful of entries having to do with her hopes for the future some musings from a few random Saturday nights and her attempts at trying to be cool but really not quite getting there please welcome Brittany to the grown-ups who thinks they wrote his kids stage a quick heads up, Brittany uses a cuss word, which we do not bleep. Saturday, May 10th, 2003, 8.30 p.m. Wow. I have to say, I start a lot of my sentences with an expression of amazement. <laughs> How funny. I'm staying in tonight, but it feels good. I think I kind of needed it. Mental health for Brittany. a job. <laughs> I realized today that now that I'm on LJ, I kind of have to censor what I say now that I'm on Carla's friends page. People read that shit. I can't name any names. Not really because I'm mudslinging, but more because of privacy issues. <laughs> Adrian Brody is hosting SNL tonight. I love him. <laughs> He is my future husband. I'll bet he's really hilarious. Random thought of the day. When I think about my future, I have to marry Rich. I simply have no choice. But it all works. I'll probably marry someone older anyways. And I have expensive tastes according to some. And then my friends can come visit me in my Park Avenue apartment and stay in one of my many guest rooms. 
Ah, I'm such a dreamer. Ugh, and a girl. I am such a girl. But one day, I'll be a rich woman. Brittany is the co-host of The Nod from Gimlet Media. I put a link in the episode notes. The Nod did a super fun live event in Toronto as part of the Hot Docs Podcast Festival. I was there. The topic was Drake. You should check it out. Poetry is always popular at grown-ups read things they wrote as kids, especially angsty teenage poetry. When Peggy was 14, she wrote a lot of very dark, very angsty poetry. And the thing is, at the time, Peggy's friend Val published a zine. So Peggy submitted a few poems to her friend zine, and they were published. I was the featured poet in issue two. 50 cents. Um... I'll just read the little bio, author's bio here. I'm Peggy. I'm 14. I like to write, act, debate, read, and play softball. I'm a vegetarian, an actress, a socialist, an idealist, and an Aries. (laughs) Some people say I'm a hippie. I like penguins. Peace. So uh, there's just a few short poems. They're all untitled. They're very angry. (laughs) Uh, What were you thinking when you tried to improve upon perfection with wheels and tools and microwaves and other such inventions? Why do you sneer at hippies? Why can't you understand? They're not the ones with the blood of earth upon their hands. (laughs) It's really bad. (laughs) I'm sorry. Okay. What were you thinking, making up a god to fill your needs? You think that he's forgiven you, yet still you're sick with greed. When does the constant praying stop and the work begin? How can you be forgiven when you've not yet fixed your sin? What were you thinking, giving others power over you? Did you think they would be fair? How could they be, are you? You wonder why kids kill themselves when they have Jesus in their life. So tell me where your God will be when Satan hands me the knife. (laughs) I don't know why. (laughs) Okay, here's one about being vegetarian. As I'm rising from my body into the next life, I look down upon a world full of hate, despair, and strife. I see thousands of fellow humans who became the early graves of animals who, in innocence, became our helpless slaves. These graves, they boast humanity. These graves, they boast of love, but they don't see what I can see looking down from above. I see barren, empty fields devoid of rice or wheat, for we fed it all to animals that we ourselves would eat. Stuffing our gluttonous faces with flesh while starving children live in caves. I must say I'm very tempted to spit upon those graves. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Okay, one more, one more quick one. 
This one's about school. It's equally cheery. <laughs> um, child, go to school today. Learn and laugh. Sing and play. Between your sums and essays, no, conformity is the way to go. As you learn multiplication tables, I'll dress you in designer labels. If there's a nerd, a bully smashes them. Yes, that's state-sponsored fascism. <laughs> Thank you. Those were so lovely and so dark, and you seemed so nice when we met earlier. <laughs> Grown-ups read things they wrote as kids. Our show was recorded live at the Hot Docs Ted Rogers Cinema in Toronto and was produced by Jenna Meisner. Our associate producer is Olivia Nashmi. Our music is by Poddington Bear and Lullatone. Our closing theme is Oh Dear Diary by Sloan. Special thanks to Alan Black and Will DeNovi at Hot Docs and Iris Uday at CBC Radio. If all of this sounds like fun to you, why not be part of a live Grown Ups Read Things They Wrote as Kids event? We have a bunch of upcoming shows planned, and we may be headed to your neck of the woods. For all of the details, check out our website, grownups.fm, or use the link in the episode notes on your device right now. I'm Dan Meisner. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.